and try to figure out what you can do to improve their looks. And it's going to take a while, but you can do it. And if you are able to grow those skills and make every eye look beautiful and value everybody that walks in and see their unique beauty, see their unique potential and celebrate what they have, whether they are old, young, fat, skinny, whether they are white, brown, black, red, whatever it is, if you're able to enhance what they have, They'll never go anywhere else. And you'll be able to take care of anybody that walks through your door. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast, your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. Today, I am here with my amazing and beautiful wife, Tusney. What's that face for? Well, I'm frowning because I wanted to say hello, my smart cookies. <laughs> okay. That's right. You usually do the greedy, no, don't you? Oh, you I totally just jumped took in and my stole job. your thunder. You oh, my gosh. You stole my thunder. I am so sorry. So sorry. Anyhow, I'm so glad that we're here. Hello, Smart Cookies. Yes, we're back from the UK, and we're excited because we had an amazing time, really learning a lot about, I think, admiring some of the customer service we saw there was just over-the-top amazing. I'm really impressed with England. And I'm even more impressed because Jamie came from that country, and I don't see how... Those two things. Oh, come on. Come he fits no. just perfectly. <laughs> no, he does. He's amazing. No, people were so kind, very, very friendly. It was super, super clean. I loved it. Yeah, and we want to give a big shout out to London Lash, Billy and Hannah and Carolina. It was just amazing. The three of them were a great hosts. It was a world class event. It was, it was really a great good. event. And for all those who maybe are listening first time since you met us there, welcome to our show. It was lovely to meet you guys. It was fun to be across the pond. My first time in the UK and hopefully not the last. Well, actually, we'll be back in a couple of months for Lash Fest. But that said, it was special. We got to meet some of our fans, some from Lithuania. Yeah, some and people. Yeah. From Denmark and all special. over the place. And yeah. Turkey. Turkey. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was great. It was truly international. London is just a very special place. Bulgaria. Sister, and I did Bulgaria too. Tuss, or my sister, Renee, had just been in London just a few weeks prior. And when I talked to her, when I got back, she was, I want to move to London. <laughs> That's what she told me. She's like, we want to move to Hawaii. She wants to move to London. Actually, and I, I'd like yeah. to move to London. I yeah. thought it was fabulous. It is. It's amazing. I would multicultural, love to live there. Amazing food, amazing sights, amazing people. Actually, I really do feel this. Customer service in the UK is like head and shoulders above what we get here in the US. Not in, not in comparison. 
I, I feel like, and I've always known this about Europe, that there is a real pride in being in the service industry there that doesn't exist in the United States, which was really cool. And maybe we'll talk about this sometime. That'll we will. Good, we yeah. will talk about some of the wonderful things that we experienced, and we'll pass them on to you guys. But today, we have another topic that actually really kinda, flamed us. Kind of irked us. And it's this question is this. What is the ideal eye shape? And we're going to talk about that today and give you our thoughts because we had a presenter. This is not to attack her. She just had a perspective that we think was a little missing the bigger picture. And so we're going to hopefully open up this talk a little bit and go, what is the ideal eye shape? And help you guys hopefully see things a little, what we think is a little bit better. But that said, before we do that, guess what, guys? It's announcements. All right, we have so much going on. We should, by the time you see this, finally have Tustin's at least two of her classes online. We're going to be first going to be, where are we going to be? Oh, March. Vegas, March 18th and 19th in Vegas. We're going to be teaching our class there. So please go to link in the bio and you can sign up today for that class. Those tickets I expect will go quickly. Then we'll be in New York and Newburgh on May 5th and 6th. And that's going to be at Lash Girl Society. And we're coupling our, our basically Fangirl Society. We're going to be connecting that along with Lash Bash on the 6th. So basically you come to our training that Friday, Saturday at Fangirl Society. And then Saturday night on the 6th, we're going to have a big party with Mo and all the Lash Bash family. So that should be really fun. And then we'll be in Austin, Texas on June um, 17th, 18th. That's a Saturday, Sunday. So those are our three dates we have for now. We have more coming later in the year. But for now, that those have been locked in. We're also going to be speaking at Premiere and basically April. That's coming up. We have an amazing group of people. We have Tress Larson, Kim James, Ali Lilly, and my mind just went blank on who else. Tusney is going to be teaching there and someone else. Is it Ruthie? Oh, Ruthie Bell. Yeah, yeah. Ruthie Bell's Flying in for this one. So should be amazing. It's going to be in Anaheim, second and the third. And so if you ha- don't know anything about it, we hopefully we'll have more information by the time this is online. And we'll have links in the show notes as well as our webs- on our Instagram. So you can go check that out. It's basically going to be a Lash Con training, um, like a Lash Conference, but just on technique. So it won't be any business. All five classes will be about technique, like retention, lash lifting, and so forth. So you can, we'll have more details well, on that Well, you mentioned soon. that it was Premier. Do you want to talk about what Premier is? Premier is a basically the competition to IBS and IECS. The International Beauty Show. Show, yeah, which is in Vegas and, and also in New York. And then they have a Chicago IECSC show, which is more about the skin International care side. International Congress of Aesthetics. Yeah, so then you have Premier, which has primarily been a hair show in Orlando, for a long time. They have like 60,000 people that come to every year. And this is so a huge trade show. Huge one so in we're Orlando. partnering with them and we're trying to introduce the, the Lash, Lash World yeah. to the premiere event. Yeah. So you're going to be able to come basically to our classes. If you buy a ticket to premiere, you can go and take any of these five courses included with the ticket price. So it's really affordable. It's a great it's a deal. It's a two hour workshop where we're going to basically be showing some trade secrets and things that we do and you just get all included. So so we'll be in Anaheim the second and third. By the way, it's going to be right next door to where we have LashCon in October. Across the street, or not even across the street, walking distance is the hotel that we're going to be having LashCon. That's where it's going to be at the convention center. So let's yeah. just be clear. You said the first and the second in Anaheim. Which second one? and third of April. Okay. So it's coming up quick, actually. So these are mostly regional. So we'll be actually going to be also in the premiere in Orlando on June 3rd through the 5th. So let's say you're West Coast. Come see us 
Coast here. You can come anywhere, and it doesn't matter, but I'm sure it's easier for those West Coast. And then in June, we'll be with, at Premier again, but we'll be in Orlando, and that's going to be June 3rd through the 5th in Orlando. So, so the best thing to do is go to the Premier website. Yeah, and you can get all the information there and see it. So I'll put the link in the bio. Ticket sales, all the stuff should be up by the time this plays, I believe. Right now, they're in transition. They're just getting things launched, but they said by the 30th of January, everything should be up and going. So we'll have that stuff up there for you to check out. So we can't wait to see you. By the way, we'll also be at Lash Fest. That's going to be in March 25th through 26th, again in London. So we'll be back for a second round. And then Lash Boss Conference, April 22nd, 23rd. I'll put links to all these things in our show notes so you can come see us with an amazing lineup there too, along with our friend Shelby. And then, of course, we've talked about this. We're going to be June 25th. We're going to be hosting our IBS party with Lash Boss Radio, and that will be on the Sunday night, and it will be like 250 spots, which we expect will sell out pretty quickly. Last year we sold out, and again, we'll see that sell out. It'll be a chance to network, connect, and see people, meet a lot of your favorite influencers, much like LashCon. It's just a a great chance to connect and all that because everyone from around the country usually shows up IBS. It's a wonderful weekend, so can't wait to see you there. And LashCon tickets coming on sale most likely late March. That's the plan. So if you're waiting for those tickets going, wait, wait, what's that happening with that? Don't worry. It's coming soon. All right. So let's get into it. Let's talk about what is the ideal eye shape? Because that was the, basically the talk that we got. I don't think that was the focus talk, but it was just like the premise. Someone came up, started saying, hey, by the way, we all know that the ideal eye shape is. She asked, paused and asked the question. Yeah. And then everyone else said. Or some people say, I don't know. Some was, people I don't said. think it was a unison. Like, we all believe this. Well, it, was it kind like, of was like, we all know. We all that know, the, yeah. The ideal eye shape is. What, what is it, Tess? What is the well, ideal eye shape? it was said yes. that the ideal eye shape was almond. Ding, ding. Which is true, right? We all know that I, almond. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm making a face. The best. I'm making a face right now because. That's what I've always said. And when clients came in who didn't have almond eyes, I said, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Your ideal is not ideal. Well, we'll make the most of what we can do with it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. All you know, Asian clients were just horrified. We were like, yeah, your eyes don't work for us. But we'll transform your eyes. We'll make do with what you have. Yeah, yeah, you could do better. So as you see, we weren't really excited when we heard that. When we that was first said, and by the way, there was like a whole most of the room was like, Yeah, oh yeah, we Oh no. Of course. No, for me, it was almost like a jolt of electricity through my body because when she asked the question, What is the ideal eye shape? In my mind I said, Whatever the client has. Yes. Okay. Exactly. It's whatever the client has is the ideal eye shape, right? And we both looked at each other like like this stunned look on our face, like did, did they she really just say, say that? that? Not everyone in this room, by the way, right now has almond eyes. So you're telling what half or more than half the room, like, oh, by the way, all you guys, your eye shape kind of sucks. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's you guys have to live with less because of what your eye shape is. Now, let me just say this. I don't think that there was any ill will meant by this. Well, no, she's not mean about it. No, no. So what I want to do, and I don't want to talk about this from a position of superiority or like I'm trying to school you, Mm -hmm. but I actually wanted to talk about this because I just think that if we talk about it, have a conversation about it and fill in some of the blanks about the unspoken stuff that is said, like if you say that there's an ideal eye shape, it also means that there's unfavorable eye shapes as well. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about how that can make people feel. I think it might be a little unconscious yeah. that these things, you might have that view. And this is really where that comes in where people talk about racism and not being aware of what they're doing is actually racist. 
Like people are, it's just unconscious. Like you don't realize when you say there, there's an ideal eye shape and that's almond, you are automatically, I don't know what percentage, but there's a, the majority of people probably don't have that almond eye shape. And so you're automatically telling you are inferior. You are less of a person because you don't match what we think or what we think will be easiest or best for eyelashes. Right. You can also say there is an ideal hair texture yes. or there is an ideal body shape. There Mine, is an ideal. The dad bod. <laughs> there is an ideal in terms of beauty standards. In the last three years, we've seen the beauty industry, thank God, wake up to kind of this ignorance or this bias that was going on in beauty schools. Like, I didn't know that when you were taught to cut hair you weren't taught to t- cut textured hair that was not part of the curriculum in fact when claybaugh who is the uh, founder paul mitchell, of paul mitchell school came out and publicly apologized said we have never taught this as part of our curriculum and it stops today from this point forward paul mitchell will include textured hair in all our classes and he apologized for his real ignorance and his basically latent by uh, or racism that he had there because you it wasn't unconscious he wasn't aware of it until it became known and that's what i think in this case would probably be the same thing well yeah well now it's becoming even written into law in terms of some states legislatures yeah. are now saying you must include textured hair um the needs on how to take care of it how to cut it how to treat it as part of the curriculum and also in the same vein there are crown laws now which says that you will not be punished by having any kind of natural hairstyle for example mm-hmm. like a dreadlocks or an afro or something like that in some communities in the past it used to be you cannot have these Mm. and not understanding that that is just a natural expression of a textured hair so how can it be outlawed you know how can you say that that is disrespectful right by the way real good documentary we mentioned before is good hair if you want to just see just learn about really the black community and how important and what a symbol hair is for women Chris Rock. Chris, Chris Rock, Rock made this, it's you know, a, it's, amazing it's, it's an older one, but it's really fun. It's funny. It's insightful. It, it's about our industry, about the beauty industry. It's like a love note to the industry, to the hair industry. So definitely something to watch. And it was created out of, um, he has two daughters. And at the time, one of them was quite young and came up to him and says, daddy, why don't I have good hair? That's right. And it was heartbroken about yeah. it. And so he went on this journey to find out what is, what good, is hair. good hair. Yeah. And it's a real eye-opening treat. It is. Because again, it was from this unconscious bias that people had about what is good hair. Well, right? even even and in the black community, it's, you know, you have good hair and there's, you know, other like hair that's kind of nappy or doesn't do what yeah, you, you want it to do. Yeah, it's harder to work with. So and, oftentimes you can say, oh, she's got good hair. Exactly. And this really just celebrates all the diverse things. And it really opens up. And I think for us, the same idea here is the idea that there is no ideal eye shape. It's just like glue. There's no perfect glue and there's no ideal eye shape. It's whatever eyes you have is beautiful and there's so much we can do with it. So lots of times I see, and I know that it is a philosophy for some brands and some individual lash artists. They only want to post on their website, somebody who has the ideal eye shape for them. It's typically a very youthful eye. It's typically a light eye, meaning not brown. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is, but it's typically somebody who's very youthful, doesn't have any medial folds, doesn't have any hooding, any droopiness, anything that it's just perfectly ideal. So I'm not throwing shade on somebody who does that. But I do want to talk about the missing opportunity here. Mm -hmm. Because if you only show one kind of eye, 
you know, not everybody fits into that narrow margin of what that ideal beauty is. Exactly. And so the thing is, is that we all got into beauty because it, we enjoy making people feel good, right? Yeah. People deserve to feel beautiful, even if you're not. And who among us can say that they are the ideal beauty? Well, we were flying back from England. I had the opportunity to watch a wonderful movie. It's an older one. It came out a, a, several years ago. It's called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. And mm-hmm. I loved it. It's a period piece. So it's set in the 50s. And it's about a very unglamorous, very common cleaning woman. She is widowed. She is probably in her 50s or 60s. And she has a very unglamorous life of taking care of other people's dirty business, you know, cleaning their homes. And she has a dream to go to Paris and buy a couture gown. You know, it shows her journey and it's humorous. And this cleaning lady has a heart of gold and she touches everybody that she comes in contact with. But when she first goes to, you know, the house of Christian Dior, you know, it's haute couture. She's turned away at the door because they're like, oh no, Woolworths is down the street. And, you know, the whole story is about just because you don't have money or you don't have wealth doesn't mean you don't want good things. We all want to be beautiful. We all want to be treasured. We all want to be admired. We all want to look our best. And even if we don't fit into that ideal, even if we are not super wealthy, we still want to have the experience of of having a little bit of luxury that we call our own. So as beauty professionals, I feel like we have a wonderful opportunity to meet those people that are quote unquote less than the ideal. How would you like to be told that if you're in your 50s, you're past your prime? You're not even worth putting on my website because you've got old baggy old lids. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I have found that the most treasured sweet spot, the most dependable, reliable client is a woman between the ages of like 40 and 70. She's got the disposable income. She's got the time. She's the most generous tipper and she's the most regular and most respectful of my time. So if I'm able to make her feel beautiful with her quote unquote less than ideal eye shape, she's going to take care of my business. I don't have that view that she has a less than ideal. And maybe it's coming from a place of not being the ideal anymore. Well, that's just because you're old now. You're just jealous. You're just jealous because you're old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I think what happens is when you're young, you just don't know what you don't know. And you're not aware that really the best money out there is actually older money. No offense to the 20 and 30 year olds, love you guys, but when we had our salon, by far the most flaky clients we had and the most inconsistent clients we had were 20, 30 year olds, and the 40, 50, 60, 70 year olds were like rocks. They were the foundations of the salon because they don't cancel. They are regulars and they have the resources. Money is not their worry. They don't wake up one day going, I don't know if I should pay this. I saw plenty of younger people come in. I saw people using their unemployment debit cards to pay for lash appointments, right? So that's not a good sign. That's not one where you go, I'm so proud. You don't want to build a steady clientele on that because it won't be steady. No. Okay. So it's the same thing with the hair world. When you learn to be a hairdresser, you have great ideas about, I want to do all this avant-garde hair and I'm going to do colors and I'm going to do razor cuts. And, but the bread and butter just want to look, you know, they're, they're housewives, you know, they're soccer moms. They want to look good. But it's not super daring. It kind of, maybe for the artist, it could be a little bit boring. And it would be Mm -hmm. easy to kind of think, oh, that's so boring. That's why they have contests. That's why they have like the North American Hairstyle Awards, Naha. So they have opportunities to To use those amazing skills, right? But the day-to-day bread and butter, When I remember, I forget what it was. We saw a study at Serious Business a few years ago. And they said it was like 95% of all hairstylists basically just cut hair and and color roots. 
that was like the majority of their work, and that's where most of their money came from. And you know, color is good, but it's not sexy color. It's just brown or black, you know, right? So that's same thing in the last world, I think. So I don't want to throw shade on people because it's like when when I was younger, I thought the same ways. It was like the the clients that I loved the most the, were the ones that were closest to my age. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, this person is so easy to do because their eyes were so youthful. Their skin was, it was really easy to make them look super beautiful because they were already beautiful to begin with. Yeah. Their lash line was robust because they were healthy and young. And so I really did enjoy those, but I did find out later on that they're not, again, like the most reliable. And I think you're missing a lot of your, and when you, and when you post those photos, right, you post young, beautiful eyes that are easy to photograph. I remember I heard someone recently say, yeah, when I photograph, I only do young people because it really, I don't have to do any touch-ups. I just take the beautiful eyes photograph them and they put them on there with very little work uh, as far as editing goes because they're already naturally beautiful in fact they were saying even if the work isn't that good don't worry the person's so beautiful they'll attribute more to you and and that's true but i will say when it comes to marketing you're missing majority of your audience yes there is the aspirational thing we want to see pretty pictures and you want to look at pretty eyes and go oh i want to go there because but you're also missing there are older elderly people people with different eye shapes different ethnicities who deserve to be beautiful yeah, and who deserve to be seen and celebrated and and you're going to actually grow your business more by showing that diversity than you'll ever do by just showing one eye type that's gorgeous in your mind Now, I'm going to say that it might be easier, you know, might like working with the younger eye because it's easier, but let me say you're going to grow your skills by learning how to work with somebody that's quote unquote less than ideal. Somebody who's more challenging, who has, like I said, maybe that medial fold where it's hooded and it's coming down and like even smashing into the lash line. Somebody who has a droop to their eye, somebody whose eyes are asymmetrical, somebody whose eyes doesn't close all the way. Somebody who's got a a really thickened margin. Maybe somebody who doesn't have the best lashes. Yeah, really weak lashes. Really, really. Okay, those are the ones where you grow your skill. And if you are quick to shoo them out the door and don't spend that much time because you don't want them, you can't make them look beautiful, you're not the best lash artist. I'm sorry. No, the best lash artist is someone who is versatile. And this is why we always say you need years before you can become great. Not six months, not, not even two a year, years. not even two years. You need years because you have to encounter all these different eye shapes, all different types of lash lines, different ages, and all this stuff before you can really say, I've mastered every form of eye. So you, literally your life, Tuss, I know if anyone walks in your door, you can take care of them. That was not true. There were people with our staff when they had been in our salon for a year or two and someone would walk in, they would still come to you and go, I need some help because this is unique, what I'm seeing here. I've not seen this before. And you'd be like, okay, here's how you deal it. This is what will be best. And that only comes from experience. Well, how many years have I been doing this? Almost 18 now. Okay. It's it's a long time. And it's like every day. I'm lashing every day. Yeah, for 18 years. So the point is that you need to be able to learn how to lift lashes that are going in a downward slope. You need to be able to lift it when there's anatomical differences. When the lash line is compromised, when it's changed, when it's folded, when the eye shape is different. And you need to learn. So what I want to do is encourage you to spend more time and see the older client, the one that is not the ideal beauty, not the ideal age, right? And see what she needs. See them as if they were your eyes. I know that's really hard when you're young because you can't imagine 
your skin sagging. You can't imagine it, right? You cannot imagine it, but it, it it's going to happen. It will happen. Maybe think of it like your mother or an older sister and try to figure out what you can do to improve their looks. And it's going to take a while, but you can do it. And if you are able to grow those skills and make every eye look beautiful and value everybody that walks in and see their unique beauty, see their unique potential and celebrate what they have, whether they are old, young, fat, skinny, whether they are white, brown, black, red, whatever it is, if you're able to enhance what they have, They'll never go anywhere else. And you'll be able to take care of anybody that walks through your door. Yeah, this is a great chance for you to grow as an artist and open your market and make more money. In the end, this is going to make you more money. So I think the other mindset is kind of closing you off to opportunities. Also, it's just innately bias and you're just showing well you can have a favorite i mean yeah of course everyone has favorites oh this is my favorite because it's because easy. it's easy yeah it's easy and that's generally why it's a favorite but that's not a good reason to be in business just to take the easy route you want to serve people and help all people feel better about themselves they feel beautiful no matter what their eye shape you can take it and you can enhance it and it doesn't mean also by the way it doesn't mean because they said everyone wants to make everyone's eyes look almond that's not necessarily true either not everyone's eye has to be an almond shape and in practice it's whatever that client wants and enhancing the eyes the way they want it and adding your creativity and your artistry to make that happen Well, I know what this speaker was trying to do is that sometimes people have a one-size-fits-all for all eye shapes. And even with an almond eye, you can make that almond eye droopy if you put the too much pop or emphasis on the very outside corner. A lot of her design stuff was dead on, right? We were watching. She was saying short on the corners. She had great principles. We just had a question about saying this is the ideal eye shape. That's the only place where we're at. Mm, Because not everybody fits into that such narrow definition. Well, it's like this. Is there an ideal fit? Fitzpatrick? Oh, yeah. Fitzpatrick 2 is the ideal. Can you imagine makeup people talking about what's the ideal Fitzpatrick number? He's talking about how, how much melanin is in yeah, your skin, like, right? That, that you, just, you can't, you can't, you can't say, say that. Say what's that. the ideal? Well, maybe the ideal Fitzpatrick is one and two because they can use all those lasers. I'm sorry. The people that are four, fives, and sixes still have desires to fix their pigmentation. It doesn't Absolutely. mean that only one and two are ideal. So just open your mind and think how offensive that is when you say there's only one beauty. There's only one ideal, right? And our job is to make everybody feel beautiful. And so I do want to challenge you. Rethink your pictures. Rethink your marketing. If you put some older women or people that are quote unquote less than ideal onto your page, you put every kind of beauty on there, you're going to attract those people. One of my most favorite places to buy clothes is from a retailer that doesn't use the traditional model. I'm not blonde and I'm not 20 years old anymore. I, the one that I spend the most money on are models that look like me. They're mixed. They have models that have all different races as well, different body shapes. I love that. But I especially love ones buying from ones that look like me. It's just an unconscious thing. You're gravitated towards that. So if you're able to put some work that is maybe of an older woman who doesn't have those blinged out lashes, but it wants to be more subtle because I'll tell you what she wants, the older woman, she doesn't want to look obvious. And what you do on a 20 year old with the ideal eye shape, quote unquote, is not what you're going to do for her because it's going to look ridiculous. But oftentimes I think people don't do it because they don't know how. Anybody can do the dramatic 
short to long, long on the outside corner lashes. The skill at becoming a talented lash artist is knowing how to create subtlety on somebody who has a not very robust lash line that has some challenges. So I would put some of those people on your Instagram page if you're interested in broadening your horizons because not everybody's looking for that one narrow beauty. There are other women who want to be beautiful that don't fit that narrow view. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's that was good. I'm really glad we got to talk about this because I think it's one of those little things that we have in our minds that we're not really conscious of. We don't think about. We just subconsciously have our favorites, and then we go on stage and <laughs> say things that, you know, if you think about it a little deeper, you're like, oh, that's not I really. Think that's going to go over well. No. So, I'd love to hear from you guys. I don't know if you agree with us. Let us know if you disagree. If you have. Um, if you if you see a challenge that you'd like to broaden your horizons and, and learn how to do new things, let us know. If you're happy doing your one thing, let yeah. us know too. I'd just love to hear from you. No, we do love to hear from you guys. And you're the ones who give us a lot of our ideas and what to talk about. So, And we are trying this year at some point. We may actually be doing more podcasts in the week. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And so we will be needing more content, more ideas. I think I have like 200 topics right now currently in my, lit, my queue. But not all of them are good. Not all of them are home runs. So you guys, I know what you need or you know what you would love to hear and what you would need to get and many of you do already dm me and say hey can you talk on this can you reach out about this idea or go interview this person so please always give us your feedback that really helps us to guide us so all right guys that's it that's a wrap we are done we are out of here thank you so much for hanging out with us today i want to ask you to please follow us on instagram at lashcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my lash scone tusney it's an O to the UK there, Lash Scone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. <laughs>